Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Uh, my name is Lewis. I'm a compulsive overeater, uh, fallible human being. Um, and it's so funny. I, uh, Deborah is so great. She reminded me of this yesterday. And what happens when I don't put it in my calendar? And then I get home and I'm just like, da, da, da. And here I am. Um, one of the things, um, if the if the host could make me a co, uh, co-host real quick, one of the things I like to do right off the bat is um, show show my pictures. And the reason I like to do that is because, you know, the, there's, you know, the, you, you, I come in skeptical. I'm, a, I'm an addict. So, of course, I think of like, oh, you know, what does this guy know? He seems all right. Um, this and that. But here we go. Let's see if I can do this on a single screen without messing it up too bad. Uh, screen. And here we go. So here's me at my highest weight. Um, it's well over uh, 380 pounds. And the reason it says 380 plus, because, you know, obviously, you know, you, you stop weighing yourself, right? You know, you can't gain weight. And this is, this is the heaviest I'd ever gotten and easily the most dead I felt inside. You know, this this is what what self will run riot got me. This is sort of what my best ideas got me. You know, this with mixed with alcohol and mixed with great ideas got me to 380 pounds. And, you know, the delusion that that I looked and felt fine uh, was in full effect here. You know, the fact that, like, I thought this was normal life that I was supposed to get winded going up the stairs, that when I was happy, sad, or just not feeling anything, you know, or anxious, that food was the answer. Even having alcohol removed, you know, and losing 100 pounds, uh, still morbidly obese. And what didn't help, this is the mid 2000s, this is the mid, yeah, like 2005, 2006, around there, 2004 maybe, and, you know, baggy clothes were way in style and still didn't help. And I, I it's no secret, obviously, from that photo. I, I've worked in radio for, for 25 years. And, you know, especially in my early, uh, uh, you know, 20s, 30s, I, I was living this amazing life or what people would consider amazing life. But I had no idea. I was just getting through things. You know, and, and you can tell me if this sounds familiar to you. Oh, if I could just get through this thing, if I can just get past this thing, or once I get through what the, whatever this is, the next thing is, I'll be fine. But there's always something around the corner. There's always something else for me to worry on. My sponsor likes this photo, too, because, you know, he's like, that, spot, that smile is so fake. I don't remember this photo being taken, but, you know, I, I had the practice smile down I'm sure some, you know, some of us can relate. Uh, you know, this is 175 pounds, lowest weight. And I love, <laughs> I love seeing people's faces when I show this picture, like for real, because, and I, and I look, 
because I love uh, the the reactions uh, that I see of people going, oh, good for him. You know, the nods like, oh, that's that's nice. You know, that, how, how lovely for him. But, you know, when you really look at this picture, and this is why I love Zoom and screen sharing, there's really no hiding. I can pass my photos around in person and you kind of look at it and you pass it along. You're like, oh, OK, you know, let me let me go back to my texts. But here's the thing. Really look at the face on this person. Look at this man's eyes. There is absolutely positively nothing there. Right. There is a massive God sized hole in this man's chest. Right. And, and, and if you could, that brain is swirling about a million miles a minute. Tell me if you can relate. And my favorite thing about all this is that I, you don't need me, you know, and I say this every time, every time. So if you've heard me on a recording before, you've heard me say this and I'll say it again. You don't need me to tell you how to lose or gain weight. You know, I'm not here for that. Right. I'm not here to tell you about food plan. I'm not here to tell you about any of that. I'm here how I found a power greater than myself, right? That pulled me from a seemingly hopeless state. It says seemingly in the big book. Because there's hope. It just feels like there is. But so, okay, here we go. Lewis, yeah, what's the problem? You got a skinny body here. What's going on, right? The spiritual malady is not taken care of. So what happens? This happens. And if you're listening back to this, it's a, a guy, you know, sitting in a suit, uh, uh, you know, that he got from the Husky section uh, and he's well over 330 pounds. With another fake smile on his face. This is a few years before I crawled into these rooms. Sure, and so I can look at everyone again. I love seeing everyone's face. And I just want to thank you guys for being here first off. And then, you know, being able to see your faces is incredibly important to me. Because even though we're in these boxes, right, you know, by ourselves at home, we're not alone. I had to get beaten into, into a state of reasonableness in order for me to finally come into these rooms. What happened, right? What happened? And I tell this story to anyone who'll listen, that I sat in this very apartment six years ago now, a little more than six years ago, New Year's Eve, and wanting to kill myself. I wanted the pain to end. I'm originally from Chicago. You see those Chicago flag over my shoulder right over there. Born and raised. And I moved here in about 2012. And so I had effectively cut myself off from my friends and family. What better way to do so than move to another state? I had, you know, a marriage that was crumbling. The PR department would love to tell you that it was, it had nothing to do with me. I had to fire the PR department. 
and I had a job that wasn't exactly what I wanted, but what was, right? So all I wanted was the pain to stop. And I did the thing, sitting here, scrolling through the phone, tell me if you can relate. And scrolling and convincing myself that every name that I stopped on, each of these, those people didn't want to talk to me. That they were out partying, having a good time. They didn't want to hear about me being a downer. Convincing myself that I was unloved and uncared for. That I wasn't worthy. I mean, tell me if you can relate. And, and today, I know it was God. The God of my understanding. That sort of gave me a little nudge and said, get some freaking help. And at the time, that just looked like going to a therapist. Right? What's better than that? You know, you don't do any group crap. Right? I love the transactional nature of it. I treated every other relationship like a transaction. I did you a favor. Now you owe me, bud. And let me tell you, I kept track. I love that I go to the therapist. I pay my copay and you fix me. And, and some of you I don't know. The folks here that, that, that do know me and that I deeply love know that you know, it took two sessions for that therapist to look at me and go, you're an addict with food. And it felt like someone had just completely, like, like I was, like, I had built up this massive shield, this massive wall to protect myself, right? To, to numb myself out, to not feel or deal with the outside world. And this person sitting across from me had so casually just shredded it. And there I was exposed. Really for the first time. And I bawled my eyes out for the rest of that hour. Like an ugly cry. And by the way, ever since then, I cry at the drop of a hat. I don't even care. And she told me, she told me, she goes, have you ever heard of something called Overeaters Anonymous? I said, no. Would you be willing to go to a meeting? Said, no. A few more weeks passed, right? I had to take some more body blows. I had to take my licks from life. I had enough courage to go, fine, all right, cool. Let me call the number. Hey, Lewis, guess what? Where do you live? Oh, fantastic. There's a meeting. It's like two miles from your house. Great. When's it at? Oh, it's on a Sunday. Oh, yeah, I watch football on Sunday. It's very busy, you know. I have brunch. What time's it at? Oh, it's 7.30 in the morning. Oh, definitely can't do that. Thanks so much for your help. hung up the phone. I had to take some more body blows. 
And finally, when I couldn't stand it anymore, knowing that there were people that were dealing with this less than two miles away, at some point I was out of ideas to say, F it, I'm going. And I remember walking in there, seeing you guys hugging and laughing, me wondering, don't these guys know life sucks? Me sitting there, right? Uncomfortable, fidgeting, sitting in the back, tell me if you can relate. And doing the thing where, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm just messing with my clothes, feeling, you know, just like, oh my God, you know, what's going on? And I remember looking at the leader, you know, she starts talking, blonde woman, normal body size, older, says, hi, my name is so-and-so. To this day, I wish I could remember her name. Alexa, stop. Sorry. Uh, and, 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 and I remember her going, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'm an anorexic. And damn it to heck, that is the opposite of my problem, you guys. Or so I thought, right? I'm like, I'm not here for that. And what happens again, right? What happens again is that, that I'm, I'm shown that I don't know anything because as soon as she started talking, three minutes in, I'm bawling my eyes out again because even though the manifestation of the disease was different, the, the spiritual malady was absolutely positively the same. When she talked about the insanity, I was like, holy crap, that's me. So, of course, I start bawling again. I bawl the rest of the hour, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. It's the first time I'm hearing people talk about these things that I've done in secret, right, out loud. That talked about the disturbing things that they did with food were the exact same disturbing things that I had done with food. So, of course, when the meeting ended, I was ready to beeline for the door. Let me tell you something. Thank God someone walked up to me before I head out, head out the door and say, hey, a couple of us get together after the meeting. If you want to come. I lied. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to be there. I'll be there. Zero intention of going. I lied without even thinking about it. Just rolled right off the tongue. Yeah, I'd love to. Can't wait. Something told me, right, in the back of my mind to go, right? The same way something in the back of my mind told me to sit, sit through that meeting and cry your eyeballs out and introduce yourself as a newcomer 13 times, or it felt like 13 times. And then for me to say out loud the disturbing things I've done with food, and instead of seeing faces of like, what are you talking about? Instead of seeing, you know, faces even of pity, right? There's no pity. There were nods. There was acknowledgement. Yeah, of course. Before I crawled into these rooms, man, I, I thought I was convinced I was the only one. I was convinced that I was the only one that would pay for my binge food and cash and get my groceries on the credit card so the spouse doesn't see it. 
that I'd park somewhere quiet and, you know, in my brains out, find a dumpster, hide the food. I was the only one. But even then, coming in here, seeing the things that you guys had done, seeing you lead these happy lives, right? And I'm sitting there going like, okay, how can I tweak this? How can I do this to suit my needs, right? Let me tell you, I had a bad time. Lewis, that's two, two minutes left. Right. And I'll say this. Thank God someone extended a handout and said, do you need some help? And I said, yes. And I've said yes ever since. Working the 12 steps at spiritual experience. Um, it wasn't the blinding light stuff, right? I always talk about that. It was a dimmer switch for me. A lot of little trust falls helped me find a power greater than myself that I truly believe today. And I say this with all conviction, 110% as my back. But it wasn't easy. There was a price of humility. There was me cleaning up house. Now, today, I get to help others, right? The same way someone helped me. The same way that I would sit there and call a bunch of people and tell them how I had to get off the preview for the Harry Potter ride because they pulled me out of line and made me sit in the tester chair and I couldn't fit. The same way someone heard me say that, I will listen to you. And today, what works for me is that I totally work under the premise that I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I just do what's been taught to me and what's been suggested of me by my sponsor and my fellows. There's nothing in and out of this program that I do alone and that you don't have to do alone either. Absolutely, positively nothing. I hate going to the bank. I call sometimes a fellow to go with me to the bank. I don't do anything alone. And if you're struggling today, right? If you're new, you're the absolutely most important person here. And I encourage you to call me. That's time. That's time. And I'll just wrap with, with you know, the greatest gift is, is, is seeing, you know, other, other people recover today. You know, getting to do things like this, seeing your faces and seeing the faces of people that I absolutely love here, that were here in the beginning when I walked into these rooms. You know, when I see Holly, when I see Deborah, you know, just the, this is just the ones that are on, on my screen that I would look at and go, you know, how, 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 how do you do it? It's just the willingness to say, yeah. So that's my time. Thank you so much. And, and again, apologies for, for running late. Yeah. Uh, let's see.